This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, you mentioned on the Squeeze Today podcast yesterday that I'd been in Darwin and that I was going to rave about it, which I will do in Squeeze Recommends <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, I definitely want to under-promise and over-deliver on that one. <laughs> so uh, we're also going to talk about the news. We'll tie together uh, the biggest news story this week, which was Anzac Day. Uh, also with the discovery of that important sunken ship. We'll get into that. The Montevideo uh, Room, yeah. If anyone's wondering. Uh, and there's quite a bit about you, squizzes. People did our survey and they did it in droves. We'll talk about um, a few of the results from that as well. Let's get into it. Kicking off, as always, with the most clicked link out of the Squiz Today newsletter, Claire, it was a link to a story about how last year the UK government's Companies House, which is something I'd never heard of before, but it's responsible for registering the nation's companies, reveals the names that it's vetoed for being too rude or offensive. Last year's list was 350 company names long. Some of them were really funny. Yeah, Poop Limited was my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to imagine exactly what that business Surely does. Surely it's so like portable Toilets or... Nappies, I was thinking. Oh, nappies, yeah, okay, potentially. I liked, um, this is a bit rude, Little Pricks Acupuncture, (laughs) vetoed. (laughs) Vetoed. (laughs) It got me thinking, and we were talking about this, about a suggestion that was given to us in the early days of the squiz that we changed the name to the squat. It was a bloke, I think, that suggested that. And look, if you get it, you get it. It's got to do with where people may or may not be when they are reading or listening to the squiz. And it's not in the gym. It's not in the gym. It's not in the gym. It's a very good clue. <laughs> you do you, I reckon. We'll say to anyone, wherever you are, we're just very pleased that you're Yeah, just come along. Yeah. It's great. Claire, the most covered news story uh, this week was Anzac Day, as you said. Yeah, of course, it's a mainstay in the news around this time of year. There's all those services around the country and around the world. Uh, they were attended in strong numbers this year, 30,000 at the dawn service in Canberra. Gee, it's cold in Canberra in April, so well it's done to effort. them. Uh, Tens of thousands at the other big services around the country as well. Of course, across the last couple of years, the pandemic meant a lot of those services weren't able to go ahead. There was a bit of a question mark about whether people would return to those services and it looks like they have. Yeah, and we got a press release on Wednesday from the Department of Veterans Affairs. It said that 1,500 people attended the Dawn service in Gallipoli this year. Probably the high watermark is... 2015, which was the centenary, Mm. Um, there were 10,000 people there. So 1,500 is pretty good. Yeah. Have you been? I haven't. Yeah. It's It's on my bucket list for sure. It's on my bucket list too. I haven't managed to to do that. But yeah, love to go one year. On to our new story. Claire, last week Alex filled in for me on Saturday Squiz. Alex Ty, relatively new to Squiz today. Mm. He did a great 
job. Really enjoyed listening to that podcast when I was on leave. You talked about Dominion and Fox News Mm. and we thought this week about diving into Tucker Carlson, (laughs) another Fox News story. He's the most popular host of Fox News. Well, he was the most popular host on Fox News. He's been essentially sacked. Mm. It's a whole, as I said, Fox News saga. I got a bit eye-rolly when you suggested doing this one. (laughs) And if anyone knows, Kate, that's quite intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I can't personally get enough of this story. Yeah, you love it. You love it, I know. (laughs) And not because of these people. Like, I don't watch Fox News. I'm not that interested in those people per se. It's just that Fox News is so influential Mm. in American politics. It's the most watched cable TV channel in the United States. Uh, Second for me is also the way the company is sort of being run by the Murdochs at the moment and these big decisions that are being made. It's quite fascinating. I think that you're just a bit obsessed with succession (laughs) and this is all tied up in our Mm. obsession with succession at the moment. I I suspect you're right. (laughs) So... We're not really going to talk about no, that we're anymore. Done with that, we're going to move on. Um, we have something that the Squiz wasn't able to cover this week at length. You suggested this one as well. I thought it was a cracking suggestion because I completely mm. missed this story. The discovery of the Montevideo Maru. Yeah, so SS Montevideo Maru was a Japanese freight ship. It was torpedoed off the coast of the Philippines by a US submarine in World War II. Um, the 1st of July in 1942, to be exact... On board were 1,060 prisoners, civilians and soldiers, mostly soldiers. Mm. Uh, 980-odd of those were Australians. It's just a part of history that I didn't Mm. know a lot about. So, Claire, this shipwreck was discovered 80-something years after it went down. There's a whole historical context to this and we'll tell people a little bit about it. First of all, how these Australians got on this ship in the first place, I guess. Oh, it, it, like it is a whole story. We don't have time to really go into the ins and outs. But suffice to say, December 1941, Japanese forces attacked Pearl Harbour. Um, that was really the start of the Pacific War. We mm-hmm. talked a little bit about that around that anniversary recently. Um, the 23rd of January 1942, Japanese troops invaded Rupple. Um, that is on the far sort of northeast side of Papua New Guinea. Yeah, PNG. In those days it was New Guinea, which was an Australian territory. So it was ours. Exactly. Uh, we had communities there. Um, yeah. and in fact, people who lived there were on the Queensland electoral roll. So gotcha. okay. it really was part of Australia. Um, Japanese troops invaded. It was the first time that our troops went head-to-head with Japanese troops on our territory. Um, Of course, that's all very close to Australia. At the time, about 1,400 of Australian military personnel were located there. It really became the battle for Australia. And those people who were able to escape got clear, um, but... There were plenty who were taken by the Japanese and they became prisoners of war. And from there, and this is where this ship comes into play, the Japanese attempted to transfer Mm. these prisoners to Japanese territory. They did this using the Montevideo Maru. But it was one of those incidents where people back in Australia didn't know what had happened to their loved ones. They didn't know where they were. They didn't know they'd even gotten aboard this ship. It was three years before they sort of knew really anything about what had happened. Yeah, so at the time all communications were cut Mm. to that part of the world. Um, But as you say, it was wartime as well. So there were years and years where 
one, it was just so horrible. So even the people who escaped weren't talking about it much. But two, there was just this big cloud of uncertainty about actually what had happened there. Um, families, loved ones, plenty of people who had no idea where their relatives were. Yeah, exactly. And of course, 80 years on, they didn't know where that wreck was um, mm. or where their bodies lay. How that ship went down is another part to this story. Mm. So we'll talk a little bit about that. A US submarine actually torpedoed it. Of course, it had no idea that it had so many prisoners of war on board. No, they thought it was a Japanese ship. Mm. As, it, as it was, they didn't know that Australians were on board. So just a complete tragedy. Um, there were 27,000 Australians who died during World War II. About 1,000 of those were in that incident. On board this ship. So the yeah. discovery of this wreck is huge for the families um, of these soldiers it is also the worst maritime disaster in our history. Mm. It's the largest loss of life of Australians at sea. Claire, you've got a recommendation, a podcast. Yeah, so there's a reason this part of history is known as the war Australia forgot. Mm. Of course, like you and I would never really heard much yeah. about it and yeah. I'm quite engaged with war history. But, uh, yeah, a podcast episode from the ABC History Listen, uh, it's really worth a go. It's my recommendation for this week. It's called The War We Forgot. And it talks about this whole that period whole incident, of history. Yeah. Um, of course, there's the history and the discovery of this, but the actual technicalities of finding something like mm. this is huge. So the people that have undertaken to find this ship are called Sydney's Silent World. They're a not-for-profit mm. organisation devoted to maritime archaeology. The technicalities, as I said, of discovering something mm. like this, huge. Yeah, so the shipwreck lies at a depth of more than 4,000 metres. Uh, it's deeper than the Titanic. Mm. Um, what they've done, of course, is find that and there's some very delicate protocols around what they do next. We'll finish this off by saying that, of course, it's a long way down yes. under the ocean. <laughs> the director of Silent World was very clear that, of course, the wreckage will not be disturbed. No human remains or artefacts will be removed. It is a war grave. Coming up this week, Claire, first Tuesday of the month. <laughs> My hands are rubbing together. Oh, it comes around quickly. <laughs> I just, I'm so sick of the first Tuesday. <laughs> I mark my life by it. Um, look, you've got to know what that means. It's interest rates day. Um, the official cash rate at the moment is 3.6%. There's an expectation the rate will increase next week. The Reserve Bank will make that decision consensus according to The Economist, that would take it to 3.85%. Um, the general view is that will be the top. Okay, well, let's see. We'll touch base with you on the first Tuesday of the next month. <laughs> so the only first Tuesday of the month that we won't talk about interest rates is Melbourne Cup, right? <laughs> no, we're definitely talking about it then. It's oh. January that they have a holiday. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> and usually the first Tuesday of January, we're off air. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> oh, um, monetary policy aside, mm -hmm. it's a bit of an artsy edition of what's coming up this week. The Met Gala is on... Monday night, so Tuesday our time perhaps. Correct, yeah, exactly. That's where all the celebs dress up really funny. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's fashion. Okay. It's very high end. It's very, you know, not off the, off the what do they call it, not off the rack. Okay. It's very bespoke. Yes, um, it's the big American event, it really is. It's to rival all the European fashion events. It's really New York's event. Um, the theme this year is Karl Lagerfeld, uh, a line of beauty. Um, he was a huge figure, of course, in fashion, a big favourite of Anna Wintour, who mm -hmm. is the big editor of Vogue, who Curates takes control of the Met Gala. The Met Gala. Yeah. Um, I mainly remember him for being devoted to his cat. 
What was his cat's name? Chopet. <laughs> That's a good French accent. Yeah. I like that. Although he's Chopet, so I don't know. Yeah. But um, I actually had in here in our little script that we write, what should we expect? And I meant mm. what should we expect from Karl Lagerfeld because I don't really know. His style's like kind of classic, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's very hard lines. Okay. He had a very angular kind of but also a lot of feminine stuff that he did with Chanel he yeah. was yeah, like he, he definitely had a style for sure you interpreted that as what should we expect from the Met Gala yes and as far as the gossip <laughs> and the gossip that. yeah get well, us across that leading into it it has been what we won't see at the Met Gala ah. the idea being the Kardashians had been uninvited that actually ran for quite a, a few weeks but reports now say that Kim Kardashian will be attending she's been allowed in She's a huge figure and she actually got quite close to Anna Wintour okay. through the Kanye years because, of course, he was big in fashion. Anyway, whether <laughs> the other Kardashians go or not is a big question. I just, I mean, I've got sisters and imagine like <laughs> one of you being invited to stuff and the other's not. Oh, yeah. it's a whole thing. They're pretty competitive too. <laughs> I know. So, But it yeah. is the hottest ticket in town. So who is there and who isn't there is going to be it's one a of thing, those for sure. stories. It's yeah. one of those news events that we'll be talking about next week. As I said, that's early in the week. Later in the week, the winner of the Archibald is announced. Yeah, and I didn't know this until this week, but the guidance for entry into that prize is that it should be a portrait of someone and this is the quote, distinguished in art, letters, science or politics in the year before it. And painted by an Australian resident. So yeah. it's obviously the portraits, um, they'll announce the winner. They win $100,000, I think, It's a prize big prize. Yeah. yeah, and then that's on display for months and months and months, I think all the way through to September. Does a tour as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On Friday, Ed Sheeran's new album drops. This will be a thing because Ed Sheeran's a big deal. Yes. Already talked about Ed Sheeran in Saturday Squeeze. I feel like yes. a bit, bit Ed Sheeran heavy, actually. <laughs> but he's around at the moment. Obviously, people love his music. I love his music. Mm. He's also in court at the moment defending accusations that he plagiarised Marvin Gaye's song, Let's Get It On. There seems to be few moments that Ed Sheeran isn't in court defending True. himself from other artists who say that he ripped off their songs. He's won... I think all of those cases, but this one dates back to 2017. Uh, it's about mm. his song Thinking Out Loud, which is, of course, a Grammy winner. Um, he even on stage did a whole thing where he mixed those two songs up. And so the plaintiffs, so the people bringing the case, say that's a confession, that it is the same <laughs> song. Ed Sheeran's response to that is that he'd be quite an idiot to stand on a stage in front of 20,000 people and confess <laughs> to ripping off Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. I mean, I'm not saying whose side I'm on with this one. <laughs> I, aren't you? <laughs> but look, I mean, Marvin Gaye was such a huge artist as well yeah. and his people are really taking it on. They want $100 million out of this. So, yeah, another one for the Courts. Let's see. But the reason why we're talking about Ed Sheeran really, Claire, is that, as I said, his new album drops. It's called Subtract. That's out on Friday. On to Squeeze Recommends. Squeeze Recommends, it's a short edition yep. this week. Let's whip through um, it. For me, a series over the weekend in the SMH and I think also in the age mm. about the great Australian dream. Yep. It's got all your property market talking points sorted by diving into that one. I thought it was a really good series. Yeah, and we did our squeeze shortcut last week on the rental market. Mm. There's a shift happening right now. Of course, there's been a huge economic upheaval in this whole period. So it's certainly worthwhile knowing what's going on. So this series is really excellent. Um, essentially, a lot of Aussies grew their personal and their family wealth by owning their own mm. home. 
you know, of course, there's lots of questions about what accumulating wealth for yourself and for your future generations, uh, particularly for low-income Australians, if they're never going to be able to own their own home. Buy crypto, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that a seems, joke. It seems very reliable. <laughs> that is it. That that's, is 100% yeah, a joke. Wait for our new investing podcast. <laughs> really, never do not take investment advice from me. I'm just so conservative. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, I think um, from that, we'll move on to cooking, hey? <laughs> yeah, let's dive into that. So there's a vegetarian pumpkin pasta. Lara from our team says it's excellent. Um, the recipe says that it's life-changing. So okay. quite frankly, I don't know why we didn't lead the whole podcast episode today with that discovery. <laughs> I, we haven't eaten it. Lara's eaten it. She says it's great. And as always, we'll put uh, links to all of the Squeeze recommendations in your episode notes. They're also always put up on our Instagram page if yep. you're looking for them. And then if you're not signed up to the Saturday Squeeze email, yeah. you can always do that by heading to our website um, and signing up to that. And it has all of our recommendations in it every Saturday in your inbox. Kate, that's all fine. I want to hear about your trip to Darwin. Oh, my trip to Darwin, of course. That's my recommendation this mm. week. Um, wonderful trip to Darwin, my sister's wedding, as people know. Darwin is such a fantastic place to take your family. Mm. I can't recommend it So you've got enough. two little girls. Two little girls, How'd you three go? and one. I mean, they spent most of their time underwater. They just swam. <laughs> we ate great food, amazing food. Um, anyone who's been there, mm. uh, you know, raves about it. It's the um, great time of year too, Really good time of year, yeah. heading into dry season. Yeah. And um, it's not too busy yet, but Darwin is a fantastic place. And we actually had, and this is probably a good segue to Squeeze Press, a comment in our survey that we did last yeah. week saying that anytime we talk about the NT, it's always negative. Yeah. And we do talk about, you know, Alice Springs and crime. We've been and doing that, that quite a bit lately, yeah. So I read that comment in the survey and I'm giving Darwin a huge plug. Huge plug. <laughs> Head off on your next holiday Let's to get in touch with Darwin Tourism and see what we can do <laughs> Yeah, together. this is not paid. <laughs> Let's do Squeeze Press. As I said, Claire, Squeeze Press this week, we wanted to talk about the survey yep. um, that we conducted of our audience oh, across the last week or so. Yep. Um, 4,000 plus, mm. 4,300 and something mm. people mm. did that survey 30 questions deep, I want to say. It's a lot of questions and a lot of people who did them. Yeah, thank you so much for doing it. We thought um, we would sort of tell you what we found. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So hugely helpful for us, I guess, to start off with to say mm. that it really helps us make decisions about the business, about what we do for you um, and some top line stats. 95% um, said that we're a trustworthy source of news and information. It's really clear that squizzes like us for news and information. Yeah. So and that, the agenda-free element. Exactly. Um, the rest say that we're just about as good as everyone else that provides news. So look, I'm taking that to, let's just round 95% up to 100 a trusted source Done. of news and that's something we're super <laughs> proud of and we work really, really hard yeah. on. Yeah. Um, the top reasons that people tune into the squeeze or yep. read the newsletter um, to get a quick and concise summary of the news that they can easily digest. We're so glad we're doing that for you. That is what we're all about. And that's the hard work. Like that's yeah. where the real hard work goes into understanding those stories and then putting them to you in a way that we understand yeah. and hopefully that you can understand what's going on in the news. That for sure. digestible thing is massive. The second biggest reason is the tone, Claire. It's a great mix of informative and entertaining. So we're really pleased about that. Look, we're not comedians. We don't ever set ourselves up to be a laugh a minute. Definitely but not But there's funny. definitely... <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you're hilarious. But there's definitely a way to present information in a way that's just a bit engaging. And that's how I like it. That's how you like it. Mm. I think plenty of people like it, it seems. So we're really proud of that too. Yeah. We also um, obviously asked about you, the yep. audience, who you are. 85% are female. Yeah. 48% have a postgraduate degree smarty pants real smarty pants all of you 31 percent a c-suite or a business owner the thing we continue to be proud of claire is that the squeeze audience is aussie wide it really yeah. reflects the population and 30 percent of you live regionally we're country girls so we're yeah. particularly proud of that i know we talk about sydney a lot but it's yeah. not just sydney or melbourne or darwin it's actually what's happening further and again it's just important to us we like to know what's going on beyond our little patch yeah exactly and we truly are nation which is a great thing. Um, we also asked, finally, if we were to do more content, what would you like it to be? Yeah. The audience were pretty clear. Yeah. Politics. Politics. And international news. International news. They're the things I think certainly that I have to slow down and digest. Mm. So I think, again, to that being useful, yeah. that's how we can be useful to people is to do a bit more of that. So We're, we're just um, heading off to a content meeting now to talk about how we do <laughs> some politics content and some more international news content. Really interested to do that for sure. <laughs> Stand by. We're on it. Huge thank you to anyone who completed the survey. Before we go, Claire, the Saturday squeeze that I was on fortnight ago, we ran a little comp for free tickets to Sammy J's live show that's going around the country. It's called Good Hustle. We asked entrants to tell us about a time where they showed good hustle. Yep. We promised to read out the best answer. <laughs> okay, so there were a few really good ones. My favourite from Eugenia in Adelaide. Um, she says that in high school... I used to work at Baker's Delight and at the end of the shift we were allowed to pick some of the bread and take home for free. I used to take it to school the next day and give it out sometimes for favours. For favours. I wonder what the favours were. <laughs> do my homework. Yeah, good one. Maybe to trade a lunch. For bread. No, for yeah. sure. I'd do stuff for bread. I like bread. Yeah, true, actually. It depends how good the bakery was. <laughs> anyway, thank you for doing that. I, we hope you enjoy Sammy J's show and we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> 